Heat in three. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing, but the Celtics <laughs> are most definitely in trouble. Down 0-2 and headed to Miami where the Heat have, guess what, not lost a game yet in these playoffs. Ooh, it's going to be a tough test. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing, right? You haven't necessarily seen the best version of the Boston Celtics, but you haven't seen the worst version of the Boston Celtics. I think Miami did just enough tonight to get by. Poor performance from Jalen Brown. Really expected more from him. But overall, yeah. as bad as it is for the Boston Celtics right now, Things can change. Things can change very quickly. I mean, this is the thing. We know Michael Jordan. I mean, Jimmy Butler is not going to take his foot off the mm-hmm. gas here. But, again, if the Boston Celtics can rally like we know they did last year as a team to get to the finals, as we know they've done time and time again this year, anything is possible. That's facts. And I like what you said there. Jalen Brown definitely struggling. Maybe he couldn't see through the mask. He was awful. Started 1-10. <laughs> Felt like one of those prove-it games coming in for Tatum. Shaq mentioned it at half. You lose game one in your home floor. you got to protect home court. You know how uphill this battle will be if you go down 0-2 headed to Miami. And he was outstanding, but only for the first three quarters. Only five points in the fourth. I'm so confused, bro. Why is the clearly more talented Celtics struggling so much with this Heat team? I mean, the Heat are running Cody Zeller out there. Their only form of rim protection is Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry charges at the rim. What's going on? You said it's hard to say, man. I think some of that leprechaun magic, that Boston Celtics luck is wearing off. You know what I mean? But the Boston Celtics just gave two big games up at home, you know? And game two will be forever remembered as the Grant Williams game. And for all the wrong reasons, Grant poked the bear. I mean, he played some good minutes, but the Celtics left him in way too long. 96-87 Celtics when Jimmy and Grant first get into it. He would go on a 20-9 run. Joe Missoula not doubling, just letting Grant Williams get cooked one-on-one for an entire five minutes. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. But Grant, there's one guy on this Heat team you do not mess with. <laughs> there's one guy that's capable of going for 30-plus. You do not aggravate him when you do not have the capabilities to hold him back. Facts. Facts. Before we move on to this Nuggets Lakers series, man, final predictions for game three. What you got, man? What you thinking? Who's going to take this one home? I'm not sure if it's three or four. I do expect the Celtics to win one in Miami. But as far as the series goes, it's over. Damn. Okay. Well, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Anything is possible. Shots out KG. I mean, he was wearing the green and white when he was doing it, right? Anything is possible. But with that being said, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this series might hit five, six games. I think that, no, I think this series might hit six games. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if it was five, but I think it's too early to count out a team as talented as the Boston Celtics. Yeah, to- I, six is realistic. I can't, can't see you getting past there because... You say, all right, if we if they still went on the road, that means they're getting back to Boston. They win one in Boston, and then I think they bow out in Miami. So I'm with you right there. Word. Speaking of highly talented, man, there's no better place to segue from there. I mean, we got two of the most talented players. I mean, not just this season, but arguably in league history. And I hate to put Jokic in the same breath as LeBron. We're talking about the Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic, man, what a battle it has been so far in the Mile High City in these first two games, man. Ty, initial thoughts so far? Yeah, it was uh, sky high, West Coast basketball. Each team had 120 points, piece game one. <laughs> uh, game two, you know, the altitude might have got to them boys. Okay, but Braun was amazing. 
yet he reminded us it was year 20. Smoking layups left and right, seeing Ghost in transition, <laughs> turning the ball over with absolutely no one in his sight. It felt like a game the Lakers were set to steal, though. Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., APB's out for them through the first three quarters. Rui Hachimura giving you the game of his life, making his first eight shots. Reeves still being money from deep. What happened, though? Yeah, man. I mean, if there's one thing for sure, we know AR-15 is still firing, and I got to give you your credit. You know, you called the Rui Hachimura game. You said he's going to go off in one of these games. I mean, you said one of the bench guys, but you were like, I feel like it's going to be Rui. And go off, he did, like you said, making his first eight shots, big impact off the bench for them, 30 minutes, 21 points. Austin Reeves, 36 minutes, 22 points, really, really liking his new spot in the starting lineup. But like you said, man, LeBron James really showing his age. Anthony yeah. Davis really just being outclassed by Nikola Jokic, you know. <laughs> Jokic said, best big man in the league. Who? You're looking at him. I might not have anything more than a six-inch vert, but I can do everything else. <laughs> we got to look at the two to this one-two punch, man. Jamal Murray. Mm. Man, forget about the bubble. The bubble is no longer part of this conversation. Dare I say, the bubble has been popped. Jamal Murray is here, man, and the guy deserves some credit. He deserves some respect because without him, Jokic would not be in the position that he's in. The Denver Nuggets would not be up 2-0 going back on the road. Yeah, bro, 23 points in the fourth quarter for Jamal Murray. That, that's an insane performance. I mean, it was down the stretch. The Lakers had to lead, and then Braun decides he wants to settle for, for long jumpers. <laughs> the Lakers decide they want corner threes for Anthony Davis, even though he's shot like six in the playoffs combined. It was weird. You know, they had Reeves playing well. They had Rui playing well, but they went away from everything that's got him there and decided to go Braun ISO. We're not setting screens. <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Darvin Ham said, okay, well, you need a basket. You get your ball to the best basket getter, best bucket getter. I mean, at the end of the day, LeBron is not in year five, right? But he's as good as two points as you can get in this NBA, right? I mean, yeah, you got AD, all that, but at the same time, like you said, don't move away from what works. You know what I mean? It's a close game. You got your young guns firing. That's only going to benefit LeBron's game. LeBron would love to score 20, 10, and get nine rebounds every single night. Trust me, he doesn't want to score 50 again and, and have to. Okay, of course he wants to, but he doesn't want to have to do that in order to win basketball games. They kind of gave this game away. And uh, the Denver Nuggets capitalized, man. Um, For me, just some takeaway thoughts. Bruce Brown has been the unsung hero off the bench for this right. Denver Nuggets team. I mean, he is their bench. You know, besides Jeff Green, who's getting a couple couple minutes, you know. um, Bruce Brown is their bench. You know what I mean? He's been consistent for them, not, both, not just on the defensive end, which we know he can do. He's been able to give them, you know, 10-plus points per game so far in this playoffs for the most part. Man, big shouts out. Great acquisition by the Nuggets. And as of right now, they look championship bound. <laughs> That's facts. And uh, Jeff Green, shouts out to him. He'd be dusting off that Statue of Liberty stretch dunk that he'd be doing, been doing since <laughs> 1997, bro. Shouts out Jeff Green. And uh, more than the Boston series, it still feels like a series to me. It feels like one where the home team wins every game. And that means the Lakers would have to still win in Denver to win it. But I do see them handling business back in L.A. So uh, still a lot of basketball to be played here. Yeah, definitely at least out West. All right, y'all. Make sure you keep it locked. We got a great second half for y'all. Game one action, draft lottery, and more.
It's the plug. Welcome back, guys. Another hype episode of the Who Plug. Today we got the conference finals, game ones wrapping up. We got the Wembayama series complete, and John Morant back at it again. All that and more in this episode of the Who Plug. I am your plug. Before we get into all of that, you already know, guys, it's your boy Faraz in the building, and I got with me my brother, my partner, Crime Co. To the CEO, Stir Frata. Tyler, how you feeling today, my bro? I'm feeling good, bro. Lots to talk about on the show today. How you feeling, my brother, my dog, my co-host? Feeling good, man. And with the games that we just saw, man, last couple nights, bro, ah, man, what a great time to be alive. What a great time to be an NBA basketball fan man and without further ado bro we're gonna just have to get right into it bro what better way to start it off man than by the most anticipated series it's not a giveaway but most anticipated series of the year Dwembayama series man and boy what a night it was it was a great night for some teams it was a great night for one team right let's let's be real here and it was a terrible night for some it was okay night for others bro but Ty, man, the Wembayama series, the way it unfolded. Thoughts, comments, criticisms. What's your thoughts? I got to say, Coach Pop in San Antonio, they must be the luckiest people on the face of the planet. I'm going to hit them <laughs> up next time. I need some lottery numbers to be picked because when they get in that thing, they hit big. First, David Robinson, then Tim Duncan, now Wemby. I know Coach Pop was sitting at home giving that classic smirk, thinking when the pick came in, whew. I'm back, baby. Let's go. (laughs) For real, dog. If anyone thought Greg Popovich was on his way out, you are mistaken. I mean, expect this guy to die right there on that sideline with the addition of Wembayama. He's got some newfound life, some newfound hope, something to stick around for. And, man, there is no better place, in my opinion, for Wembayama than San Antonio. You know one thing for sure, this talent is not going to be wasted. This talent is going to be developed to the absolute maximum. You are going to see the best from Victor Wembayama when he finally enters his prime, man. And like you said, there is probably no luckier organization than the Spurs. I mean, the history of big men, the pedigree of big men that have been there, none other than my favorite, to me, the greatest power forward of all time, Timmy Duncan, you know, he got some big shoes to fill, some great footsteps to follow. But I mean, the biggest prospect since LeBron, I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, man. And the hype is at a fever pitch. We got Woj going on ESPN saying many in the NBA feel he will be the best player in the NBA by his third season, man. The expectations are not slowing for Victor. The Spurs aren't the only ones that's lucky. You know what I'm saying? Victor is too, because if there was a perfect system, a perfect coach, a perfect place for him to go to, it would be with Coach Pop and the San Antonio Spurs. We saw him give a little fist pump when the Rockets lost in the lottery. He did not (laughs) want to go to Houston. He did not want to go to Charlotte. He wanted to be with Coach Pop, man. He's not going to have to deal with all that ego stuff. Vets saying, nah, man, you got to wait your turn. No, he's going to be nurtured with someone that's done it before. Some of the biggest... And best players have passed through San Antonio under Coach Pop's watch. Yeah, the hair is gray, but he still knows what he's doing on that sidelines, bro. And I like how this changes things for them. It's going to make them aggressive this offseason. They have a lot of cap space. And with Wemby in the fold, an obligation to try to be good. 
is now on San Antonio. Maybe they're getting on pool. Fred Van Fleet, Draymond. I like that fit. I like the idea of giving Wemby an enforcer to play alongside him in that front court while he finds his way. Oh, yeah. Well said. I mean, listen, man, if there's somebody who's going to make it work, anybody who's going to make it work, it's none other than big Greg Popovich on the sideline, man. And you talked about how great of a system, great of a coach, how great of a place this is for Wembyama. I mean, listen, if he was going to New York, we'd be having a different conversation with all love to New York. I know we got the, uh, would you call yourself what kind of Knicks fan last time? Optimistic. Optimistic Knicks fan. We got the most optimistic of Knicks fans right here to my corner, my brother, my dog, right? But the New York media would chew you up and spit you out, man. It's not a great place for developing stars, unfortunately. We saw, I argue, some of the slowdown in the development of R.J. Barrett. I'll say some of the pressures that come with playing in the garden every night, some of the highs and lows. I mean, we've seen it consistently, right? So, the fans in San Antonio, Ty, you said the perfect word. They're going to nurture him. It's not just the coaching staff. It's not just the franchise. It's not just the other players. But the fans, man, they're going to be very patient with this guy. And they're not going to need so much patience. I mean, Wembayama's a guy who everybody in the whole world knows is ready to play in the NBA last year, right? So San Antonio, clear winners of draft day. Greg Popovich is like he just sprung some new life into him. Yeah, the fans in San Antonio are happy. Yeah, this hype, and you just said it, people think he's ready to play in the NBA. I know the hype. I know the potential is immense. I'm not doubting it's the biggest potential guy we've seen enter the draft. But some of these quotes are catching me off guard. I think this is a little crazy. Best player in the league by year three? Are we kidding? Are we kidding? Like, where's Luka going? Is is he still going to be around? (laughs) Like, come on, guys. You're just setting him up to fail. But I guess, like you said, that's where it helps being in San Antonio because you come to New York with that title. You're right. You are going to get chewed up. (laughs) It wasn't, as my boy Faraz alluded to on the open, a good night for everyone because when it rains, it pours. And that's what happened in Detroit, bro. The looters in the lottery. Yeah, you don't think of lottery losers, but that's what happened. Because when you have the worst record in the league like Detroit did, you know, best odds for the number one pick. And you slide all the way to five? <laughs> Man, yeah. that is not a good day. Talk about a bad night for real. I mean, Detroit, notorious for losing. I mean, some of their draft woes. They've got an uncut gem in Kate Cunningham. But I mean, Killian Hayes, some of the guys that they've picked up. Solid, okay guys, but not the guys that they need to really change the hopes and fortunes of this franchise around, man. And if it was dark in the D... Oh, boy, did it just get a little bit darker, man. It's going to take a little longer than everybody expected. Uh, You know, there was some hopefuls over there in Detroit forgetting Victor. But, you know, maybe next year they'll find another crazy prospect. That's why you don't trust the process, bro. They were shutting down Cade Cunningham, their young and rising star. They didn't let him come back from an injury because they were trying to get win by Yama. How'd that work out for y'all? All All right. Not very good. (laughs) MB's at home crying. How'd that work out for y'all? Don't trust the process, (laughs) man. It's a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) <laughs> Other things in the lottery, Hornets, they got the second overall pick. For months, we've heard it's Vic number one, and then point guard school Henderson number two. The only p- position it's the Hornets the have locked in is, like you said, LaMelo at the one, which makes things interesting because the next guy on that draft board, as far as I've seen, is Brandon Miller, the shooter, and I mean that in both ways, out of Alabama. All right, he's the other option, but does Charlotte want more of those problems with Miles Bridges still under contract? That's going to be interesting. It's a lose-lose or a win-win, depending on how you look at it. Michael Jordan got one foot out the door trying to sell his stake. That's going to be a big decision for the Hornets at number two. 
Yeah, you're speaking facts. I think the, this is one of those situations that you don't draft for necessity. I think you pick the best person in the draft. You figure out the rest. You let the chips fall. I mean, the amount of time LaMelo Ball has spent injured. You know, we know that injury runs in the family. I'm not trying to wish no bad on LaMelo. But, I mean, I think the Hornets, to have two solid dominant guys at the one and two. I mean, LaMelo's big guard, big point guard. He's more of the point. I'd say Scoot plays more like a two. But I think they could make it work. And that would make for a very dominant backcourt. I mean, you throw miles bridges when he gets back at the three you match up some of these other young guys that this hornets team has and i mean looking pretty solid so i mean if i was working for the hornets franchise not drafting for necessity i'm picking the best guy in the draft best yeah, guy that, in the draft outside of wemby is definitely scoot henderson that's how you make a mistake that people talk about for 10 years when you start trying to draft for fit you know what i'm saying don't yeah. overcomplicate it do what frost is telling you <laughs> guys just take the take the easy route okay especially you mike you ain't got the best track record of this type of thing anyway <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about him as a gm because the big prominent time we think about this is really when jordan went three instead of two and the portland trailblazers took sam Bowie because they needed a center at the end of the day they say you know what we got clyde the glide drexler you know what i'm saying sometimes that three pick is actually the easy option usually there's a top three in every draft class but when yep. one and two the decisions are made for you you just okay I'll just pick the third guy because there's no choice to be made anymore. We think about Michael Jordan, like you said, three pick, Jason Tatum, three pick, yep. RJ Barrett, you know, Zion's gotten hurt. John Morant can't get him to get it together off the court. He's looking like the best player in that class again at number three. So <laughs> sometimes you get some clarity in the mind when you, like we said, don't have to overcomplicate things. But speaking of someone that needs to get out of his own head, someone that needs to get right back on the right path, man, that's John Morant. And we, Got to talk about this, man. I thought this was a joke. <laughs> Making the same mistake twice in two months is inexcusable. At this point, Johnny Coach Carter. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me two times. Can't put the blame on me. Yeah, man. Talk about TMZ time to the max. And it is no longer a parade inside his city yet. Like you said, I really thought it was a joke. I thought it was a bad TMZ headline. I said, listen, y'all not going to disrespect my boy John Morant like that. But unfortunately, it turned out to be true. I'm going to keep it a stack as bad as this is and as terrible as this is and we all know he's a role model supposed to be supposed to be right and i mean listen i think jaw's a kid i don't care what nobody says jaw's a kid and at the end of the day i don't know about you but i know a lot of people are confused to the, about the time they're 24 25 about the person that they want to become in life a lot of people could walk that fine line especially when you grew up in it especially when that's the nature of the environment that you grew up in right i'm not gonna make an excuse for his kind of behavior but at the same time i'm not gonna sit here and tell you john moran is a terrible person the guy was able to make it to the league it took discipline it took hard work it's something to preach to the kids but at the same time he's got to use his platform for a better way now i don't know if anybody caught jj reddick's two cents on this topic i'm kind of sliding i'm kind of riding with jj on this one i mean don't get me wrong i think john moran is wrong and i think the league is gonna come down with the hammer on him but I'm rocking with JJ, man. Some of the comparisons that he made. I mean, you have politicians and lobbyists lobbying for gun violence. And we see all the school shootings and all this other stuff. And none of these politicians are held accountable. And again, not to say Josh shouldn't be, but again, the, the fairness in all of it, you know? That was a fair point. The interesting thing for me, we heard what Adam Silver had to say, right? Still under investigation. He was shocked, surprised. But you know who I really want to hear from? And I don't know if we are, but I want to hear from T. Morant. Jaws dad. What would he say about this? Like, would it be more so, I don't know what to tell you, the kid doesn't listen to me, or is it more down the lines of, I'm shell-shocked, 
I'm finding all this stuff out through Wolves just like the rest of y'all. Regardless, there's a shift in power dynamics between those two. And it's one that often happens when the child becomes the provider in the family. And I've kind of seen it personally, Uh, especially when you have someone like I did close to me as I was growing up that kind of got thrust into the limelight, started making a lot of money really quickly. His pops was no longer a parent. He looked a lot like T. Morant, started dressing different, acting different, (laughs) talking different. Like he was one of us. He was no longer a dad. He was a peer. And their relationship was never the same. So I don't know. T gets a lot of flack whenever Ja gets in the news. And I don't even know if he has the ability to rein him in at this point. Yeah, ability, authority, I'm right there with you. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you mentioned it, unfortunately, a lot of times where the children have the power. Now you start to see the power structure change a little bit. I don't know if T has the ability to say anything. What can he really say? His son got him as the 16th member of the Memphis Grizzlies. T can't open (laughs) his mouth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But no, with all that being said, though, man, like, Ja got a platform. He has the opportunity that not many people in the world, I mean, 50 people in the world have had the opportunity to be one of the faces of the league. Like, I'm talking 50 people in world history were really the face of the league. I mean, maybe I'm even overstepping it. You know what I mean? We're talking about... 75 years, 76 years of league history. Ja, don't fumble this, man. Don't mess this up. You know what I'm saying? You had the opportunity to fix it. You made the mistake again. We're only human. Do not make the mistake the third time. I mean, they're not coming down lightly on you. There's all this speculation, but you can't can't mess up again. You know what I'm saying? Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like Ty's saying, fool me three times. You know what J. Cole said. We bringing out out everything. We letting it rain on you, motherfucker. Like, we not playing. Uh, Adam Um, Silver will. Don't test him. He might let it rain on him all now. So with that being said, bro, predictions. What you thinking, man? And I want to ask you this question in two ways. What do you personally think he should get? And what do you think the league's going to give him? I'll start with the league. I think the league gives him, and this is still under investigation. I don't see what the investigation could tell you because John Moran's apology means like, nah, there was that. Yeah, he did it. He did it. It was an admission of guilt. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 35, 40 games. I think it's damn near half a season. What do you think the league does? Yeah, because I'm right there with you. I was going to say they're going to take away half a season from him. Like they're going to take away half a season from him. I don't see it being like any less than that. And what's crazy is the last time we saw lengthy suspensions like this, it's two occasions. It's it was Gilbert long. Arenas in the gun yeah. and Javar Crinton, you know, funny deja vu. And the Malice in the Palace. Again, the Malice in the Palace was much more serious. So for John Moran to get a half a season suspension for something that he did on his free time that wasn't illegal. I mean, yes, it's a bad look, especially the repeated offense. But that's that's crazy. And then what can you do? You can't do nothing. That's the league. Like, that's the law. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They you can't take do it anything. on the chin. And I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis tacked something on as well. Because they got to be fed up with this. He looked everyone in their face and lied to him. <laughs> like, said exactly what they needed to hear. Then went yeah. back out and did the same damn thing. And, and needless to say, it's a parade inside my city. Yeah. John Morant, man. You know, wishing you, uh, I don't know what I'm wishing you, but positive, not negative. All right, y'all. Let's get into these games. Miami, Boston, game one. Eastern Conference Finals rematch from just a year ago. Before the game, Jimmy calling this shot, lining him up, saying, This is our year. Okay. We've seen him back it up because Chubbs, a.k.a. Kyle Lowry, was great for the Heat. Rob Williams was doing what I thought Mitchell Robinson would do for the Celtics, destroying the undersized Miami on the glass. Stars on both sides were 
Well, they were stars. Felt very evenly matched. Celtics ratcheted up the defense and pulled away in the second. He strung a few stops together and surged back in the third. And from there, Jimmy put the backpack on and said, good job, y'all. I'm going to take this home. Oh, man. When you mentioned Chubbs, I thought you were giving the OVO shout out, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This is what a conference final is all about, man. The two Mm. best teams in the conference duking it out, battling it out leaving it all on the floor, man. And there was no team that gave it up both these games in the conference finals. I mean, the Celtics played great. You know, you got your 30 ball from Jason Tatum. You got 14 from Robert Williams, 22 from Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart did his thing. Brogdon, Derek White, you know what I'm saying? You got contributions from all over the floor. The Heat played amazing. Excuse my French, man. The Heat played fan. Fantastic. Jimmy Butler, man, I don't know what happened to this guy. Another 30 ball, 35 points, man. And he had a whole lot of 15s on that side, bro. One, two, three, four people score 15 points. Bam Adebayo chipping in with a 20 ball. The Heat are not looking like this eight seed at all, man. The Heat are looking like the one seed. The Heat are looking like the better team so far. You got to attribute this thing to one thing and one thing only. A hell of a third quarter by the Miami Heat. I mean, anytime you outscore a team 46 to 25 in a quarter, it's really hard for you to lose that game. And that's exactly what happened. The Celtics, when they had the lead in every single other quarter, were even able to outscore them in the fourth. But guess what? When you get outscored by 21 points in the third quarter coming out the half, it's no coming back from that. Yeah. And deep into that fourth, there was a four minute stretch. No one could buy a basket. And that was the time that overlapped. As Jeff Van Gundy kept mentioning it on the broadcast, Jason Tatum not touching the ball. Felt like 10 minutes of game time. I know it wasn't that, but it felt like that. And maybe they were right to do so because the next three times he touched it, he turned it over. It felt like (laughs) I was watching Julius (laughs) Randle. You mentioned Uh, it. That third quarter was huge. The Celtics couldn't really get enough offense, even though they scored a bunch of points this game. This is who the Heat are. Scrappy, tough-minded, well-coached. Really a pain in the ass. That's the Miami Heat. No Tyler Hero, no Oladipo. It's not going to matter because they're going to play hard defense. They're going to move the ball. Kevin Love's going to throw touchdown passes. Max Cruz is going to hit jumpers. And Jimmy Butler's going to find a way to close the game. That's what happened yep. here. They still game one on the road as the lower seed. You know how important that is in the playoffs. And they are in... The catbird seat, bro. Kyle Lowry actually earning a paycheck for once. Miami Heat, dude. I mean, this team has been looking amazing. And I'm getting a real sense of deja vu. Mm. Bubble, no bubble. Matchup between the Heat and the Celtics. Matchup between the Nuggets and the Lakers. Are we queuing up to see a LeBron-Jimmy Finals Part 2? Sheesh, we might be. A seamless transition. We got to see LA handle some business. Because Denver right now has the best player in the series. LeBron's out there on a flat tire. We know about the foot injury he's playing through. AD (laughs) is wilt one night. Prime Udonis Haslam the next. He was good, though, in game one. But we know what Jokic is. (laughs) The thing, though, why we believe in L.A., I know they showed some encouraging signs game one. I'm sure you'll touch on them. If not, I will. But L.A. has this look to them, an aura of something special. Since AD joined this team a few years ago, it's always been if these guys can put it all together. And for the first time since the bubble, that seems to be happening. The Austin Reeves revelation is really something. The way he's risen from bench player to second option on a conference finals team is insane. Putting yeah. up 23 and H. Come on, Sheesh. bro. Dude, legit, every time I look up, it's 23, 23, 21, 23. Like, I see you, kid. Austin Reeves really doing his thing. You said it, dude. Sometimes it's just about energy. The Lakers have this energy around them. I mean, dude. You ever seen LeBron happy and Steph angry, mad, cussing out his teammates? 
That's the first time we've ever seen that, man. There's a special energy, special aura about that. I'm not saying Steph's the bad guy. I'm not saying that at all. But the Lakers look destined to do something, man. However, we're talking about destiny, man. Jokic is taking every piece of that. Now I know why Nikola Jokic was in the running for a third straight MVP. Nikola Jokic with a 30-point, 20-rebound, 10-assist, triple-double in the Western Conference Finals, and you playing against arguably the greatest player of all time and arguably the best power forward big man in the league outside of yourself in the last 10, 15 years in AD, a top 75 guy. And you handle them. I mean, you had some help. I don't want to say by himself, but I mean damn near by himself. What is it, 34, 21, and 14? He was insane. 10 minutes in, he's sitting at 8, 12, and 4. Like, this man (laughs) just came out the gate doing everything. Like, literally everything. 12 rebounds in the first 10 minutes. AD had zero. And they both played the whole time to that point. If there was any question who had the advantage in that matchup, it was pretty clear from jump. And I know AD went off to get his 30-piece, but down in the paint, at least on that glass, it was a mismatch. Bro, after that first quarter, I felt like we were headed for an all-time performance with the Joker. Denver doubling them up on the glass. Jokic was amazing. Like we said, doing everything. 18-point lead for the Nuggets going into half. And the Lakers didn't even play bad. Nuggets were just white hot from long range. They shot 50% for most of that first half from three. And then the Lakers figured something out. This is a Hachimura series. Credit to Darvin Ham, who's really done a good job this playoff season. He puts Rui on Jokic, lets AD play Rover, playing passing lanes, floating as the primary help defender, and it changed the feeling of the game. It got weird. It got weird because they made a run, and we haven't seen Jokic's Nuggets look like they looked in that fourth quarter. There were back-to-back challenges, lots of fouls. Jokic begun to look tired. Nuggets looked out of rhythm. And a 9-0 run capped by Austin Reeves, three, pulls the Lakers within three. And then we get to what I feel like is the deciding play of this game. About 40 seconds left, like we said, Lakers within three. Braun, who didn't take many threes in that game, dribbles into a pull-up. Release looked a little off, never thought it was good, leaving the hand, rims out. If he hits that, it's a tie game, 37 seconds left. Lakers on defense, but with all the momentum. I think they steal it. Because they played so good that fourth quarter, Mike Malone's like, man, (laughs) the defense is really scaring me. You know, the Lakers are getting whatever they want right now. And that continued. I don't know. They were close. No cigar. You're right. You're right, man. But I'm going to be honest with you, dude. As great as the Joker played, as great as the Lakers played, man, I mean, you got to shout out the rest of this Nuggets squad that wasn't going to allow them to lose. I mean, Jokic willed them there, but... Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, and Co. They were able to be that support that Jokic needs. And they're like, all right, big fella, we see what you're doing out there, and we got you. Jamal Murray shedding that bubble mall title. He's letting them know, I'm a future all-star in this league. I'm here to stay. What y'all saw in the bubble and what y'all seeing here today, it ain't just a one-time thing. It ain't a two-time thing, right? This is who I am. And Jamal Murray has been looking like him, been looking like a great second option. The two, the Jokers won. The Nuggets are going to be the team to beat, not just in this Western Conference Finals, but for the rest of the playoffs. There's four teams left. The Nuggets are the ones. They're the team that you got to beat to get there. The Lakers might be able to pull it off. It's a possibility. But the way that the Nuggets are clicking off right now, I think this is the first time that they look legit. I mean, man, Anthony Davis had a 40 and 10 game, and we're not even talking about it. He had 40? He had a 40 ball, bro. He had 40 and 10, bro. That's what I'm telling you. He had a 40 ball. We're not even talking about it. I got to say that was an empty 40. Yeah, it was. was, I mean, he played well, like I said, but it didn't feel like 40. Uh 
quiet 40, quiet 40. I'm still but that's high on I the mean. Lakers, though, bro. I, I know it's 1-0, but that was Denver in their home building. Playing what I felt like was an A-plus game. I mean, oh, like yeah. I said, L.A., they have to feel encouraged. They got clarity in their plan <laughs> of attack, in their rotation. What happened? No, no. I mean, you're speaking facts. I just love the way that you said it. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I feel like the Hachimura thing is going to be really big in this series. I expect Darvin Ham to make more adjustments. Probably starts Hachimura. Maybe Schroeder, Jokic, not guarding AD primarily, but as like we said, in the passing lanes. And I, I think this could really change the series up. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm there with you. And, and keyword, I said they're the team to beat. It doesn't mean that they're unbeatable. If there's a team that could do it, if there's a person that you need to lead the way to do that, it's LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? With the help of AD and Cole, Austin Reeves, I mean, it's possible. But going to have to play very good. I mean, the Nuggets are clicking off. Like you said, this was a, I mean, it was a perfect game for them. It yeah. was a perfect game. It's going to be hard for them to replicate this game, but we've seen them do it so far consistently. Needless to say, although I think the East has gotten a bit stronger in recent memory, still the West is more dominant conference. Oh yeah. They're looking like the finals favorite. Whoever wins this series, Lakers or Nuggets. All right, y'all. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nope, that's going to do it. Another episode of the Hoop Plug. And before we close this thing up, we got to tell you about the only place, the greatest place, beer care, hair care, skin care. They got everything you need. It's EvanAlexanderGrooming.com, man. Yes, sir. And when y'all head over to that website, make sure you're plugging in that promo code hoop underscore plug underscore 15% off on your upgraded hairline, beard line, beard, game, facial, everything that you need and more. EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Yep, guys. Thank you. And as always, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Put some flavor in your ear. Peace. Peace.